They discovered American Motorcycles Association Vintage Motorcycle Days because I've got a big mouth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then our friends showed up from Northern Colorado. Pete and Swiggy showed up, and they've got a podcast going on in Northern Colorado. And what we all had in common is we liked weird old motorcycles that other people didn't find attractive. And weird old motorcyclists. It's also true. It explains my wife. Explains all them. Right. So... So when we come out to these events and we meet all these people from everywhere, so if you go to people like Skidmark Garage, right? Big shout out for Skidmark Garage. They're teaching young people how to appreciate motorcycles and how to work on motorcycles so that the older of us don't have to. There, there needs to be a next generation of people turning wrenches for us. We get too old, enough, too old to wrench on our own motorcycles. Now, as we look around, American Motorcycles Association is kind of crazy because uh, who has seen some kind of weird stuff happen since they've been here? Stuff that maybe you didn't see at the last county fair, right? Wait, are we counting stuff that we instigated? A little bit. Okay. We'll, we'll get to that later. So the biggest thing I think is like American motorcycling is alive and well. It's not a dinosaur that people think it is. We're all still riding motorcycles. We're still having a good time. And despite people and ethanol gas and things like that, we're all still out enjoying all these kind of fun, cool old motorcycles. And this is a place where we can come and have our particular type of worship. Uh, some people said it was Motorcycle Burning Man. I agree with that completely. Uh, and when you show up here and you see it for the very first time, you are changed. Because at first you're like, how didn't I not... I mean, one, how didn't I know about it? I've had a motorcycle for how long and I didn't come out here before? Now we're out here. Second thing is... How is it that you can have fish swimming upstream and downstream and sidestream at the same time and not hit each other all the time? Well, this is a skill they learn very early in India. And you guys are just picking up on it now. The little person in the middle waving you, the teenager with a vest, it's a suggestion. Just kind of work with it. And if you have a bigger vehicle in front of you, maybe something with a sidecar, you're press on through. Just go. Have a good time. Yeah, I was going to say... I think they had it wrong about Disney, because to me, this is the happiest place on earth. This is my happy place. I gave away eight motorcycle helmets today that were lightly used, right, or, or shelf-worn stuff we didn't want to sell at the shop, but they were motor, good motorcycle helmets so that people could have a motorcycle helmet. Maybe there's no excuse to not have a motorcycle helmet if somebody's trying to give you one. And it's the only time in my life I have been forcefully reverse negotiated. <laughs> this guy rolled out with six motorcycles helmets, and he's like, these are free. And I said, these are free. Have fun. And he goes, I have to give you something for them. And I was like, okay, there are campsites over there. He goes, no, I have to give you currency. And he gave me 40 bucks and off he took with the motorcycle helmets. This is the place where I've actually had people tell me, I see how much money you're asking for that motorcycle, and you have it way undervalued. <laughs> I'm going to give you an extra 200 bucks. No, that never happened. No, I lied. That was fake. I don't care what you have out here. If it's $5, somebody will try to give you a buck for it. Yeah. Hey, I, I, we should make it official. Should we say, hey, welcome to the Phil and Liza show. Yep. That's exactly right. Hey, guys. <laughs> no, it's right. not. No, it's not. That's right. I was just warming you guys up. Just fun stuff. Hey, welcome to the Cleveland Moto Motorcycles and Misfits No Komodo Podcast Extravaganza! Yay!
And uh, you want to introduce I will your do crew? This. So, to my immediately left. My mic. Oh, it is on now. Oh, oh, yeah. Hey, Johnny Mac and Cheese. <laughs> That's John McElfresh. He's also known as the Bourbon Fairy. So you might, you might run into him later tonight. And to his left. He has merchandise, ladies and gentlemen. I am Moto G Pete. You might also know me as the guy that was on fire. <laughs> he, he is the burning man. His, his smoking burnout extended all the way to his body. Yes. And to his left is... Stumpy John from Motorcycles and Misfits. Stumpy John just lost on, give it up for his Stumpy house on, now. in a torrential <laughs> California deluge. He lost his entire house. And he's here, right here for us today. So Cause, fantastic. Because you know motorcycles. Motorcycles. Hey, and, and I'm Liza, and I'm the one who sets them on fire. Right. Good job. <laughs> now in the back row, from your left to my right, is... I am Swiggy from Nokomoto. Our new mechanic is next to Swiggy, our brand new mechanic, all the way from New Orleans. Tom Pennington, hold your booze. <laughs> and your booze. To his immediate left, Steve Sleepy. Sleepy Sid. He is our smoky burnout. <laughs> I thought that was Dan's job. And to his immediate left, Bagel, hailing from so-called Velveeta, Oregon. It took me a long time to reacquaint myself with Bagel. We were friends ages ago in the early 90s in the motor scooter community. And then he moved and he moved and he moved and he moved. And he was in Germany for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he, he came back and all of a sudden he's like listening to our podcast. Because that's what people do. And I was talking about Liza's podcast. And, and it I, turns out that's where he lived. And at the time, I had just moved to Santa Cruz, and I was like, wait, I've never heard of this recycle garage. I must check it out. And, hey, I'm Naked Jim, and uh, <laughs> get naked. Liza sent me to go get a cable. I'll be right back. Get high every day. Uh, I'm sorry. The, this silly thing about podcasting and basically having a conversation with your friends and recording it and sharing it with the rest of the planet, it should never have become a thing. It, it, it doesn't make any sense. But I don't listen to FM radio anymore. I don't no. listen to terrestrial radio. I don't listen to advertisements that I don't care about. I listen to other people who are into the weird little things I'm into. Okay? Everybody probably listens to a podcast, right? Who here thinks that they listen to the most obscure podcast that I probably don't know about? Anyone raise your hand. If you think you've got a weird podcast you listen to while you're driving your truck, anyone? All right, all right, coming to the front row. That would be your podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, kind of a hot, it's kind of a hot mess. Dan, what do you got? There's a local guy in Cincinnati who does a podcast called What You Into. Really good. He just interviews people about what they're into. I listen to a decoy duck podcast. <laughs> I do, I do, oh, and I'm way into it. Oh, I, I got one, Phil. So tell us... Why you listen to our podcast? What did you say to me earlier? Um, usually when I'm in the garage, Dad plays it. Dad makes me listen to it. Oh, does Dad play the podcast <laughs> while he's working on stuff? Do you have to put on your earmuffs occasionally? No, okay, very good. Because I take we all back work. everything I've said. <laughs> We all work on motorcycles, and this is how we did it. We were all standing in the garage working on motorcycles, old vintage bikes, and somebody came in who we didn't know and said, you guys should record this. And we were like, 
No, we shouldn't. And then they did, and it's been 13 years later now, right? And now it can be used against us as evidence. Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay, so this is a place where people come to race old motorcycles, mm-hmm. right? This is a place where people come to race old dirt bikes, play around in the woods. But what are most people doing? Who bought a motorcycle since they've been here? Has anyone purchased a motorcycle? <laughs> yeah, that happens here. What'd you buy? 81 CT110. Nice. A CT110. That is solid. That's a solid motorcycle. Who has sold a motorcycle since they've been here? All right, I'm coming at you. 1968 Allstate. Oh! Whoa, whoa, whoa. A, a scooter Allstate or a motorcycle Allstate? Motorcycle. Motorcycle Allstate. So you sold a Twingle? A Jalera? A 106? One, oh, 124. Oh, uh, the 124. I told him the story. Yeah, Phil, there's, there's still a possibility it might be a scam. We're not sure. Even though he has his cash <laughs> in the pocket, tell, where, tell him where the guy came from. Bermuda. Wait a second. You came from Bermuda, man, to buy an Allstate from you. That's sketchy. Was he with his Nigerian prince buddy? <laughs> this has got to be a scam. But he bought it. Okay, well done. That's amazing. That's a long-distance sale. Yeah, so I have made a vow not to buy a single motorcycle this year. It's never happened. 24 years. I bought a motorcycle every year I come here. And to, to this moment, I'm okay. But there is a GB500 over there, a Honda GB500 that is How giving much? me all the wrong energy. How much? It was seventy two hundred. It's already been discounted at sixty eight hundred. And I imagine if you, it has the, a, if you threw the Bajaj in, it might get cheaper. It has a, a water buffalo front brake assembly on it. Can't can't not love that. Okay, who here has seen a motorcycle that they honestly didn't think was even here in this country? Has anyone seen a bike that shouldn't be here under any circumstances? Anyone? 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 Come on, there's got to be something weird out there. Because we know that today we... Motor boys back, got one. What, what do you got? What was the bike you saw? Well, I mean, first there's mine. But besides <laughs> that, that, uh, that Interceptor 50 just blew my mind. A Honda Interceptor 50 with two expansion chambers coming out from under the seat, making the noise that I can't say what the noise sounds like. But hey, the noise was fantastic. That guy last night did a burnout in the burnout pit. And then launched the bike about eight feet in the air, and it went straight up and into the people's. Oh, wow. A little interceptor. That wow. Thing looped it. Than it, it, it got away from him. Oh, yeah. In the burnout pit. Yeah, he, he turned it into an airplane for about two seconds. It nice. was pretty good. So be careful, folks. Anyone else see a bike that shouldn't be here? Go ahead, Tom. Well, there's a whole herd of Motocampos mono, mono over yeah. in the swap meet area. Yeah. If anybody ever thought the little Honda Motocampo that you put in the back of a Honda City car back in the 80s in Japan, if any of you thought that was rare, truly exotic, if you go over there, you'll trip over four or five of them. Yeah. Hey, so if it's a pod of dolphins, is that a gang of Motocampos? <laughs> it's a murder of Motocampos. Yeah. Hey, Phil, I'll throw one out if you haven't that shouldn't. Wasn't seen here before. Should never be seen again. Was Liza's Benelli with the sidecar? <laughs> I mean, that's a whole other topic. I understand. That is a that bag of bad ideas. Exist. There are places you should put a sidecar. On the side of a little tiny Benelli is not one of them. I pronounced it the first, the number one most dangerous bike I've ever ridden. 
Yeah, there's a guy dr- riding around with a Z50 and a shopping cart attached. It's more stable. We, that's that's blue light special. It's, it's pretty bad that on a sidecar when you still have to put the kickstand down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you have to put your kickstand down, your sidecar is trash. Uh, my, my verdict was that it was... It was like participating in a rigged carnival game. <laughs> so, Phil, there is, with an expansion chamber in the back of the, back of the swaps, a Yamaha YB1. Yes, a y, there's a YB1 with an expansion chamber on it. We saw a Moto Marini V-Twin Cruiser that, that is like exist. a picture, a motorcycle <laughs> that was designed by an Italian person who had seen a Sportster that was being passed by a VT500 Shadow, and he went, I can build all of those. And then he built a horrible motorcycle. And it ran. I saw it. <laughs> so there's some and really... And I didn't buy it. <laughs> well, I, honestly, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. I thought he might have bought it. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's a great question for the people out here in our listening audience. How many people, how many bikes have you got running this weekend? Oh, yeah. Non runners, yeah, yeah. you got, you got okay. one? All right. Hey. You, got... you breathed life into my mini bike that quit running on the way here. <laughs> the way here. And, <laughs> and were you able to fix it? On property, did you buy things here to fix it? Uh, carb cleaner, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had guys come back into our tent. Some of our listeners came back in with an actual carburetor and a CDI that they bought not four rows over from where we are. Magic happens at AMA Vintage Days because it's a part I know if I ordered it tomorrow, I wouldn't get it for four weeks. Guaranteed. So that's cool. Anybody else fix a bike while you were here? Keep them alive. That's what you want to do. Anybody You're telling me we only alive? have one resurrectionist? One Come resurrectionist. On. Well, I... Who had to push it? Who okay, had to push right, it? Hold on. Hold on a second. Tony, what you got? I got a battery from you and got my bike going. <laughs> okay. Pro tip. If you want to do some cool bikey-bikey stuff, bring four or five AGM batteries. <laughs> Just throw them in the back of your truck. Why? Because people need them. Carb cleaner. People need that stuff. Um, there's a product called, I call it woof juice, starting fluid, because when you spray it, it goes woof. And, uh, and if you don't have that here, it, you're going to wish you did, because you can only get so far pouring gasoline into a carburetor. Uh, there's stuff that we bring to mid-Ohio. When people see me packing up my truck, they're like, why do you need that? Well, that, that was, was cool. Special. That was cool. That was cool. Hey, right. Phil, I wanted to share, uh, you know, you're talking about, like, interesting bikes you've seen here. To paint the picture for anyone who hasn't been here. If you've been here, this will make perfect sense. I remember the first year here, I was taking it all in. I go by the swap meets, and in one booth, there was a Vincent Black Shadow, a Yamaha Hopper, and a thing that was half a car, half a Gixxer. And I'm like, that is vintage days. That is it. Like, expect things you never expect to see. And a whole bunch of Trail 70s. And all the Trail 70s. And you're like, there's so many Trail 70s. I'm pretty sure, John, how many Trail 70s did they actually make? A billion. I mean, and I how many are here? A billion point five. Hey, what's what's this? So year? I'm suspicious of a lot of you Trail 70 owners <laughs> that you may have been doing some artificial Chinese engineering out there. We, we found out the new value of a, a Trail 70 today. It is one DR650. Yes. Uh. Raise your hand if you're the man that traded a Trail 90 for a running Suzuki DR650. <laughs> Duncan, where are you? I don't he think got, he got. He's probably oh. out bragging to his friends about the deal. And, and it was a broken Trail 90. 
But not the DR650. It's perfect. No, trail, the DR650 is it's legitimately perfect. Piece. It's awesome. Good yeah. for us. Good for them. That's very cool. Okay. Who, out here in our group today, all the people that we have outside, who has noticed a preponderance of very wide side-by-side vehicles? When you're trying to walk down an aisleway, maybe, or something like that. Okay. Now, there's a lot of people that feel very strongly about this. And I like to think that people operating side-by-sides are just motorcycle enthusiasts that have let themselves go a little bit. You know, come on, you can hold it together, man, if you really, really try. But we've noticed that it seems to be a hot-button issue for everybody. They couldn't about, commit to a Can-Am Spider. Well, and again, <laughs> would you let your buddy drive his Honda Accord through the swap meet? Um, sorry, Maybe that was not. Me. But I've seen some desert rigs out there that are at least a foot wider than my car. <laughs> and they are primed for war. Uh, but it is, please, if you have those guys, be careful. Because a lot of us are walking around, and if we're not having an out-of-body experience, we're thinking about the pile of parts we just looked at and why we shouldn't go back and buy them all. So our brain might not, might not be in the game. And if you're, if you're driving by on something that's wider than a Generation 1 Humvee, you may have to think for other people if you're out here. So I, could, I, I wouldn't be upset if they banned them from the swap. Yeah, meet. I mean, I want to say, yeah. do you guys think they should be banned? Well, they're, they're or not. Are, are they inclusive of our community? That was Wait, the sound of audience applause. Is there anyone applause. here who has a side-by-side here this weekend? We oh, should yeah. establish. My <laughs> only comment on that is there's different side-by-sides, and there's some that are fairly small, right. which really aren't much bigger than a golf cart or a large quad runner. And I'm kind of okay with that. But once you've done your extended A-arms and jacked it up and made it essentially the size of a pickup truck, right. that's, that's the only thing I really have any kind of qualm about. You know, and I think what you hear a lot is there's a lot of older gentlemen that say that they use their, exactly as John describes, like, you know, the smaller side-by-side to pick up parts and do stuff, and they're not able to do the swap meet. Maybe they can have something where you get a badge or right. something like, hey, I'm an elderly guy. We don't want those people to not be here. We don't right. want them to Absolutely. not have a good time. Right. But the 32-year-old guy that's built like a, a hammer um, doesn't need to have his fucking Baja buggy driving down the road. The bro-dozers have no place in the swap meet. Uh, the, uh, I think as long as you're narrower than a standard golf cart, right. you're okay. Right. He, uh, actually, we Swiggy... are narrower than a standard golf cart. I mean, come on. Hey, I saw half a gar- golf cart earlier. It was like a golf cart. Guilty as like, charged. Shrunk. And so this golf cart was like half a golf cart. But two fellas were in it, and they were like straight up just working it. And I was so impressed because at first I thought it was a normal golf cart. And I, really, I thought they were just big fellas. No, they were normal-sized fellas in a little tiny golf cart. Uh, so who here absolutely 100% loves children? Anyone love children? Anyone? Okay. I don't love children. Okay. <laughs> I don't have any children. But I feel super strong. Yeah. I feel super strongly about kids riding mini bikes. Oh, I feel I super it. strongly about it. kids riding dirt bikes because it's something that I didn't have a lot of when I was a kid, and I wish I did. And I was very envious of kids that had motocross boots on. That's cool, man. Yeah, I'll admit that it's usually like a kid on a two-stroke at 5 a.m. going through the campground. And I'm like, right uh, on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that is it. Now, if it's a 71-year-old guy going through the campsite at 5 o'clock in the morning on a two-stroke, I'm Screw like, that you. is not cool. But <laughs> the younger you are, the happier I am. Yeah. I think having my 16-year-old daughter here with me this year, and she's been here before, but this is the first year where she was really comfortable riding around and everything. And I, I, honestly, there were some times that just brought a tear to my eye 
you know, just some of the things she said, like, Dad, how, how many years you got here at Mid-Ohio? Because someday I'd, I'd like to do a nice burnout in the burnout pit. <laughs> <laughs> I openly yeah, saw it. I mean, I wept profusely. <laughs> All right, Sleepy, your daughter, yes. right? She's, she, she is a, a, adorable. And she is taken to two wheels. Raise your hand if you'd have a problem with your child being here at AMA Vintage if you think it's a dangerous environment and children shouldn't be here. Anyone? That's what I thought. That's what I thought. These are brave, aggressive parents, free-range parents, if you I'm, will. I'm going to even say I think they should uh, lower the drinking age to seven. <laughs> I don't think it's going to hurt anything. <laughs> Can't make it any worse. Oh, you go to jail for that, John. Oh, yeah. Can't do that. <laughs> Well, the the neighbor next to next to us, yeah. next to the tent, is rocking a little KL. What is it? A KLX one ten? Absolutely, KLX one ten. He is every day. He's got it every morning. He's got his helmet on. He's got his chest protector on. He is out, and he's been on the FA fifty non. The kid has made nine thousand oh, miles. Hasn't left AMA property oh, yeah. <laughs> yet on an FA fifty. Which, by the way, is the distance record for an FA fifty. It's pretty funny how the kids are the ones responsible enough to wear proper equipment. Oh, yes, yeah. helmets and gloves oh, and boots and stuff. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm riding around in flip-flops and a T-shirt. Should we talk a little bit about the controversy that's been happening this weekend due to some unfortunate events? You mean people fell down? People got hurt. First of all... They're not super hurt. You didn't see any helicopters, so it's like a two, all right? Helicopter automatically gets you a seven. The dude who got his head run over last year, who's here here. again. Right on, dude. Right on. Yeah. Look. He, he moved his ear to the other side of his head, and they moved it back for him. And he said, I'm coming back with a bigger, better, stronger bike. And he's not my age. He's an old fella. Good. I mean, that's, that's that attitude. But one of the things I love about coming to this event, and again, I can't say enough, thank you, Phil, for introducing us to it and for being a wonderful host. The first dose is always free. All right. <laughs> um, but is this somewhat feeling of, like, you can do whatever you want? But there is a certain code amongst that, you know? Right. And, but there's a little more restrictions this year. You can do whatever you want, but most people here don't want to be stupid. I mean, want to be stupid, but not mean, not overly dangerous, want to take care of everybody. I like to see the bang. I don't like to feel the shrapnel. Yeah. I'm that way, right? I've been that way since I was in the military. You're like, boom, cool. I felt it. Not you're cool. not the trouble, but you're always right there where well, it's... You know, yeah. I, I want to give an accurate report. So what we, talked to, we talked to one of our law enforcement officials here. You guys see the sheriff's department roaming around and their various devices. And this, uh, this female deputy came by our booth this morning at breakfast, and she was all too happy to hang out for a minute and enjoy some coffee. And we kind of got their perspective on it. And they actually, believe it or not, the SO, the sheriff's office here, is extremely cool with what we got going on. Extremely cool. But... Anybody who's ever been skiing or snowboarding or any of those things has seen a child break a leg or broken one themselves. My daughter broke her wrist. Yeah. So that happens places where people send their children to go do normal things. So if it happens when people are chasing a, you know, an XR80 around a circle, around a, a, a steel barrel, I guess I'm kind of okay with it. Just like I'm okay when I cracked my head snowboarding and I forgot who I was for two years. Uh, that happens. There's not a problem with it. But a lot of people get really worked up about it. 
Are we cool with kids barrel racing? I mean, uh, I am. That's that pretty good. Yeah, yeah I mean, the crowd overwhelmingly agrees that I, we think barrel racing for children is a good idea. I wish it was me when I was young. That's, I'm just jealous. I have a, I do have one disclaimer. I, I have a bit of a concern when I see a child barrel racing against somebody in a 200 horsepower side by side. I'm a little concerned at that point. Maybe it's, we should have. It makes a, it exciting. Uh, it's like, oh, that was close. But I, <laughs> I have a question for you, Phil. Ahead, Roughly thirty thousand people are in attendance. Maybe twenty-five to thirty thousand. That's about right. Yeah. What is the percentage of one? Yeah, exactly. What is the percentage of one? If you said one person broke their leg out of the 25,000 people, I would say that's a darn good record for crossing the I street mean, in front go, of my shop. I think that right. happens in malls on Saturdays. It just, does. People just fall. I, I guarantee I that happened at Cedar Point before 8 yeah. They can't keep up with the kids. Oh, it's you very hard to abuse a fast child. Nobody's lapping them. Yeah. yeah. It's almost impossible to abuse a very fast child. They're, they won't slow down long enough for you to get them. Well, I mean, here's the question, though. I, I guess the responsibility cool. would be, should the parents be there with them? So we were watching when the barrel racing got shut down. If you didn't know, due to injuries, they shut the barrel racing down. They've had goons parked there to keep you from going Those out there. Those aren't goons. Those are staff. I think he's like a 12-year-old in a dog cart. You know, the law, uh, the law enforcement lady said it was an adult. It wasn't. We thought it was a 14-year-old. We did. We thought it was a child. But it was an actual an older man. That, that didn't stop everything. They just moved to the next field and started riding there. And we were watching, and there's all these, I call it the parade of idiots. I love it. And there was a small child on a small dirt bike. I had a big flag, and behind, behind the child? Oh, yeah, they had a very caring father, and you could tell by the father's attitude and the way he carried himself, no one wanted to have a problem with dad. <laughs> but but the, learning curve, the learning curve, I thought, was great. Um, people are so respectful and thoughtful, and the magic just happens here. But everyone would catch up to the kid and his dad. Everyone knew he was out there. They'd pass safely, and then the, they would just start ripping again. So as far as, like, a learning curve for a young kid to be safe in, yeah. what we may want to mention is we know motorcycling is an extremely dangerous hobby. We get it out the gate, right? It. Broken things are going to happen. We try to manage that risk. And it's hard to describe the learning curve of this place to other people. I want to get to Phil's negotiating with the kids earlier. That's a whole other story. <laughs> but I thought that was well done with the dad, and it was a nice way to introduce a kid into a next-level kind of running around the place last night i i thought my daughter was crying and then she said no dad it's beer for when you crushed your can on top of my helmet <laughs> it's good solid parenting folks good solid parenting <laughs> so i know we come out we talk about motorcycles we talk about the fun that we're having here and in years past we've had top 10 lists never again uh we've tried uh we've tried to kind of explore the different concepts or opinions about motorcycling. But this year I wanted to take a moment because this is something that all of us lost access to for a couple of years, right? And I think it, I think not having this around for a couple of years really, it, it might have set us back a little bit. We all dived back in and we're all here. We want to have a great time. Uh, if anybody, if anybody has one, and I mean I'm looking for the guy who's got one loaded in the chamber, does anybody have a good recommendation? I took for care how, of that before I came over here. Yeah, he did. Um, does anybody have a good recommendation for something that you think would make this event, this party better? Anyone got an idea? And I mean, I'm, I'm willing to take on all comers. Go on. It happened this year, and it should happen every year. 
the combination of double rainbow and lightning was one of the most perfect, beautiful moments. They should do that every year. Order that in? Yeah. I, okay, I think that's just called Ohio. <laughs> yeah. So that's, I mean, that's fair game. We've been blessed with a rough Thursday night, but then we've been solid for the next couple of nights. Anyone else have anything else you think you'd like to see AMA Vintage Days try to knock out? Go ahead. I'm coming at you. This is stupid, but nobody's selling freaking bandanas. <laughs> Whoa! Coming from a guy wearing a bandana. I didn't see that coming. And I, I think, think I found a new business new opportunity. I, I'm, I'm going to say that I'd like to see more women here, and, and I want to qualify that. Oh, I please just, do. I just, well, I mean, I just enjoy having ladies here. You know, it's not about, you know, oogling them or anything, but there's something that makes me smile. <laughs> When I see a young lady sitting on, like, a DR650 cruising around the pits, and it just makes me proud. I have a daughter who's 16 years old, and I envision her someday doing that, and I really love, you know, just seeing that sort of thing. So Johnny, the more can, the better. Can I give you another perspective? Sure. Maybe the ladies like the lack of competition. Take your pick. <laughs> the odds are good, but the goods are odd. That's our world. That's it, man. That's it. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. John's what, a Mid Ohio ten. <laughs> I, I I tell you what I'd like to see. So I went home with the Bourbon Ferry. Yes. <laughs> so officially, this event is Friday through Sunday. How many people came on Thursday? You aren't all swap meet vendors. You pagans, you sinners, you criminals! Look at Wait. you guys sneaking in under the wire. How many people came on Wednesday? Oh, yeah. Look at that. Wendy in the back. Oh, yeah. Way to get I'll it. admit, we were all plotting a bit. How can we get in on Wednesday? I want it to start sooner. I want this to be a yeah. longer event. I agree, man. If this was a week-long event, my liver would walk out. <laughs> I was sitting there on Friday thinking, I feel like I've been here for a week, and I've been here for like 24 hours. I, missed, I took a disco <laughs> nap last night for 40 minutes that turned into nine and a half hours. I laid down way too early. Uh, but I'm saving up for tonight. I promise I'm going to rage. The, uh, when we talk about the people that come in and, and try so hard to get here on Thursday night and get in as early as they can, sneaking in yeah. under the wire. <laughs> oh, that's a delicious blend. Uh, Dan Kropke made that. Oh, that's amazing. Right back here, this guy. It's 10 different bourbons. Oh, you have stuff, all of them 100 proof or better. Dan Kropke. You haven't been living until you've had a high-velocity shot out of the chemical sprayer. Yeah. Phil, I, ha I actually have another suggestion, and I'm going to actually go to our scooter specialist on this bagel. Yes. Welcome to Vintage Motorcycle Days. What percentage of these motorcycles are scooters? I would say it's, I don't know, maybe 2 or 3%. 2 or 3? There's a lot of motorcycles. Well, here. except around our camp. Well, at our camp, it's about 50% at least. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love seeing that the, their scooters are represented here along with everything but, else. But I, I would like to note, I am bringing that ratio down at our camp this year <laughs> with the two motorbikes. Oh, he brought two motorcycles. Bagel, who said he would never ride a motorcycle. Who's ever? got a three-wheeler? Anybody got a three-wheeler? I, I like three-wheelers. Nice, three-wheeler. When... We talk about Bagel coming out here and his first time being at AMA Vintage Days, kind of seeing that and after going to all the rallies and worldwide events that you've done. What, what do you think as a person who is uh, a diehard scooterist but bike curious, 
Uh, what do you, how do you feel about this? Well, I think it's amazing. It's yeah. it's just such. There's so much going on here, so much to see, and I and I I, I love motorcycles too. I just prefer to ride scooters. Uh, so I can appreciate the bikes that are here, and I love seeing what, what all kinds of bikes that people bring out and, and how lovingly restored they are in a lot of cases. It, it's really impressive. But uh, you've uh, cheated on your scooters one piece at a time all weekend. Yes. yes. <laughs> so what did you build? Well, I, I built a CT70 over the last two weeks that I finished up. Uh, one billion, one hundred and one now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's very close to being finished, but it, it's, it apparently has an air leak and, and doesn't want to run without the choke. But And it cut, keeps cutting out after a couple of minutes, but I'm working on it. Does I'm it have a choke? It. Yes. Then it's functional. Yep. All right. Very nice. I have a brand new carburetor for right, CT70 in good. my RV. You're I just good. brought it because, oh. Good. And we hmm. can go three aisles over and get a CDI for it. Okay. Who here in the audience fell down? Anyone fall down? Anybody fall down this weekend? Anybody fall? You fell down? How far did you fall down? Oh, he's still in trouble for Wait, it. Wait, I'm coming out. I'm coming out. How'd you fall down? Uh, so uh, they, they have a, a habit here of um, watering the roads for dust control and for slipperiness. Uh, and I dropped, uh, I dropped a very precious, expensive motorcycle right in front of the camp, our camp, uh, in front of everyone and broke it and uh, then watched five or six other bikes go down in the exact same spot from oh. the slippery mud. Oh, wait, do you own that motorcycle yourself? <sighs> no. No. No, I who, do not. Who owns that motorcycle? That motorcycle belongs to Guinness World Record holder Wendy Crockett. It is the bike that she Woo-hoo! did her Guinness World Record ride on. And um, I think that uh, my tent has become a doghouse. But more <laughs> importantly... <laughs> When you are married to a Guinness World Record holder, motorcycle mechanic, that thing's fixed and back and ready to be on the road today, but only because of motorcycle culture. And I'll tell you this little story. Um, As you know, being a a vintage or even just a motorcycle rider, it's a small community. I went into town today to buy parts at the hardware store that I was going to cobble this bike back together with. And I was talking to the gentleman there who's a rider like us. And I showed him the parts. And I said, you don't know anybody in town that happens to weld aluminum, do you? And he goes, yeah, let me make a call. Was that before or after you borrowed my mini sledge? Uh, Your mini sledge fixed other broken parts. Thank you very much for that, by the way. Um, This guy sent me to another rider who is an aircraft parts mechanic and welder. And he welded those parts back together, one of them better than the factory did. And uh, that thing's back together. Nice. And it was amazing. So if you'd like to hear more about that, episode 509 of Motorcycles and Misfits, Wendy Crockett. <laughs> right on. So I'd like to hear more about this Guinness World Record. That's episode 509 of the uh, Motorcycles and Misfits podcast. Wendy is a legend. Bad I got a tip. When all your friends are piled up at the camp, don't come in at 100 miles an hour and try to slide sideways and do a cool entrance. I don't know. That <laughs> Sometimes was... it doesn't work out that well. That was Dude so impressive. turned the world's best low side into a high side. <laughs> we all love a spectacular low side, don't we? A high side just ruins your weekend. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Hey, I, got a, I got a question for everyone here on the stage. I think I know Stumpy John's answer, but we'll start with you. I'd like to hear what has been one of your favorite moments this weekend, because I'm thinking yours happened just a couple hours ago. Well, okay, yeah. 
Sort of. <laughs> I mean, honestly, my favorite moment so far was this, this gentleman right here last night at the burnout pit. Oh, uh, the there legend. Is, there is nothing like that. USA! He is USA! A, he's a golden god. He's a golden god. <laughs> yeah. So my, my other favorite thing was, so g- growing up in the culture, when I was younger, um, road racing, uh, Steve Wise was one of my favorite um, favorite riders. So got to meet him today. Very cool. I knew him when I was like 15. He used to supply our little race team with leathers that he would crash and he would give to us. So it was cool to, uh, to catch up with him. And he little, remembered little us, too. Johnny cool. got to meet his hero. Yeah, I felt like a little guy. Nice. What's been one of your, your favorite moments, besides the whole golden god part? So um, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag and probably potentially damage somebody's chances of uh, selling something at the price that they want. Oh, no. But a few hours ago, I saw someone score a sweet Lambretta for a ridiculously low price, and I was just really stoked for the dude. Sometimes you just witness the most improbable, awesome deals here. Because prices, I don't know if you guys know this, are all over the freaking place. (laughs) Some stuff is crazy overvalued, some crazy under. It makes no sense. There's no rhyme or reason to it. Most of them are offered by Phil, and I'm shocked to see people hemming and hawing over it. We have a rule at our shop. If I price something, I've artisanally priced it. So come at me at your own peril. There may be a lesson. There may be a, there may be a belittling. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's runs. It's got a title. Title two hundred bucks. Well, let me think about it. Yeah. What is wrong? You're you're gonna owe that kid Sunday. Well, Jim, tell him about the Groms. Uh, well, this was it was a good segue because this was actually my favorite moment uh, thus far. I don't. We'll see what happens tonight. But yeah. So uh, one of the things you learn here, right? You learn a lot about motorcycles, motorcycle culture, etc. I think the other extremely valuable lesson that can be learned here is how to negotiate and the value of a product. Mm-hmm. And my God, if you want to get your master's degree in such a thing, Mid-Ohio is the place. Yeah. Because there's so many different sellers, so many different things, and so many different ways about it. I'll be quick. So Phil's got these three Groms in front of him the other day. I don't know what they were sweating you over, but they all had those, those sunglasses on the kids wear. And Grom in California means a small surfer kid. Right. Doesn't mean a ground motorcycle. Oh, I'm sorry. It means right. a young child, you know, a teenager, right? So these three, these three dirt bike kids come up. They got the shades on, right? And they're 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 like their own little gang, and they start haggling Phil over the price of whatever it was. But then I watch this haggle slowly turn to an evolution of Phil teaching these kids how to negotiate properly. And we all know Phil and how when he, there's a difference between teaching and preaching. It's right. about an hour, right. just so you know, Phil. But the edu- but in all seriousness, the education and the steepening of the learning curve that Phil blessed these kids with will save them so much money over time, and then but make them so much more of what like is the beating heart of AMA yeah. Middle Ohio Vintage Days is properly negotiating for something. I think that in host. 20 years when these kids are buying a driveway, they're going to come at the situation from a whole different angle. Yeah. I hope I save them thousands and thousands of dollars over their lifespan. Because if anybody walks up to me and says, how low will you go? It's on. You're not going to like it. But it's going to suck for but you. But you did teach them, you know, you, you can set the tone of the negotiation. And yeah. setting the tone of the negotiation is the a buyer skill has all the power and very until important. he gives it away. Yeah. Right. So that was my favorite moment, for sure. We love those kids. Yeah, I'll share my favorite moment. It was... 
the Thursday, Thursday night, the first night here, it was, you get the, the dust storm from all the people on the barrel racing, creates the dust, the orangish kind of sky, and then you get the, the lightning, and you get just the sounds and the two-stroke, and I just feel like it's beautiful. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. <laughs> you get it. And I just get these moments where I'm just like, ah, oh, it's like looking at the Grand Canyon, but it's not. It's the, it's just On Monday this. night, I can't fall asleep without 47 Harbor Freight generators <laughs> running at full chat all night long. Y'all with me on this, right? Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll tell you how to disable a Harbor Freight generator later. We'll tell you. We'll talk. It's good. Who, who else has a favorite moment? Do you well, go, I, do you go I, Pete? Oh, okay. well, I got one. Well, I All told right. you some of Sweet's my favorite got, moments, but... Sweetie's got one. He's okay, been here. Got. Yeah, so uh, last night I turned into the unofficial brake man for the burnout competition. <laughs> Mainly by being disgusted with it, what everybody else was doing. Uh, and then we got to... Uh, we got a trike to do a burnout. We lifted it off the ground. That was good fun. <laughs> to get one wheel on the on the block. <laughs> and then, after about an hour, my brother shows up with a helmet with fireworks on top. <laughs> and then, uh, while I was holding his brake, I got to pour a beer in his mouth that... I was given by a passerby who felt sorry for me for getting hit in the nuts by a handlebar of the same trike that we did a burnout with. So, yeah, that, that, was, a, that was kind of a I think that was a high point for the weekend. My high point was uh, one of the young fellows came up to our booth, and he was negotiating over a, a bike that we had for sale, and he said, hey, he goes, do you remember that TDM 850 Yamaha that you had? 10 years ago here and I said oh yeah man I love that TDM 850 that's a solid bike man I love that machine he goes well you sold it to my boss and he still has it and he loves it he put a heated grips on it he put a heated seat on it and he rides it year round and he's been so happy that you sold him that bike I bought that bike up in the swap meet I traded a sketchy PC 800 Honda you know Tupperware with a motor underneath it I, I traded it for a TDM850 straight across, and that somebody else that didn't go to Mid-Ohio got to ride that bike for now going on over 10 years, and now his you know, employee, staff member, whatever, is here buying bikes, getting into it. And it's funny because we forget we've been doing this for like 24 years, and that we've had hundreds if not thousands of motorcycles pass through our hands here, and they come back and sometimes they visit us here. Because this is a homecoming of sorts, right? And we get to see people we haven't seen in a long time. We get to see motorcycles we haven't seen in a long time. And if I get a little, you know, if I get a little, a little verklempt about it, you'll have to understand it's a big part of my life. I love coming here and seeing all you folks over and over again. Yeah. And you guys don't fit in our basement, so, yeah. Well, I had many special moments here. Uh, and this is a special moment. One of my favorite things to do is, is talk with you guys. I told you about my daughter and her wanting to carry on the legacy and smashing a beer can on her head. But one of the really great things is uh, we, we, with Sleepy, did a, a nice tour of the whole property and everything. But we were over in the pits, and we had an opportunity to talk with one of the ladies who was the monkey with her husband on the sidecar rig. 
Andrea Blake. Thank you. I, Andrea, I Blake. Know she Andrea Blake is a solid superhero woman on monkeying a sidecar rig, Moto Guzzi sidecar rig. God love her. And, you know, next thing you know, Piper's on the sidecar rig, and she's showing her how to get over to the left, how to get all the way over to the right. I got some great photos, and it was it was really cool. That was sweet. Well, let me the whole pit experience, just bumping just uh, and that's kind of what the bourbon ferry was all about it was about we would go out late at night this started many years ago and we'd just take a bottle of something and we're like we're bored so we would just go out into the, uh, the campground or whatnot and hey there's some group of people let's just bump into them and be like what are you guys doing you want to drink a pot and so that's that's what that whole thing is about and it's about forcing yourself to just introduce yourself to other people because they're really looking to talk to you too like everybody wants to yeah you know, meet somebody. Hey, to jump on John. So my favorite part was when me and John and his daughter bumbled around. But the thing is, is I was trying to make a good video to show all of this. And, and so we got this amazing interview with the monkey rider, Amanda Blake. And we got a racer from California who told us all about his 900F and, like, how they got here and, like, what he planned to do this weekend and how he broke his back, but now he's back racing. And we got all these awesome people. We talked to 10 or 12 other people. Well, on the way back yesterday, so my awesome moment, my latch on my camera, my bandolier broke, and my camera dropped, and all that footage is on the camera, and it took me about two seconds to realize it was no longer on my thing, and it was gone. And so it's not been returned, and it's not been set back. So if you hear anybody that found a camera, they can fucking keep the camera. Like a, like a GoPro thing, right? It, well, it's, it's a GoPro it's, camera. It's, it's, right. it's, it's, it's an Osmo with yeah. a big microphone and a pistol grip, but... They can keep the camera. Tell them if you hear anybody saying it, they can have it. Just bring us the fucking memory card. That's all I want. <laughs> I have a really good idea for an awesome mid-Ohio video, but all the right. footage is on that camera. So right. my, my, my awesome time could be made better by getting that back. So if you hear anything, please let us know. Thank you. Yeah. And Tom? Uh, I, I think... Oh, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Bagel yeah, go Bagel. Sorry. Yeah, I was, uh, was going to say I had a really, a really wonderful moment here uh, yesterday. As I mentioned earlier, I've been building the CT70, uh, trying to get ready for Mid-Ohio. Um, three, three weekends ago, it was a, a rolling basket case. Two weekends ago, it was a bare frame. Last weekend, it was about 95% complete. And yesterday evening, I got to ride it for the first time ever. Yeah. And just very, yeah. very short little ride, but just riding it around the camp. It was such a wonderful feeling to actually ride this bike for the first time. And Tom drove all the way here from Oregon. Yes. But he did it in a car, and that seemed strange to us, because the last times we've seen Tom here, he rode all the way here on a Vespa. Exactly. So seeing Tom in a car with two bikes in the back of it, it's a little strange, but seeing Tom on a motorcycle is even weirder. Yeah. I have one more special moment I'd like to share, and it was a lot of special moments. Phil, again, it goes back to your hospitality here, feeding us, providing drinks. He even bought us beds to sleep on, a place to put them. But now I get to turn around and offer that hospitality to other people. And that has been really something special. I know Wendy and Mike have been enjoying it. Mark over there, he got to... uh, he got to experience it. Mark, Mark and the guys at Mimi and Moto mm-hmm. and Matt at the folks at Moto Hop. Yeah. Um, these are people, like, if you ever find yourself in the Pacific Northwest and you want to go venture up onto Victoria Island, which is beautiful, if you're ever up in Vancouver Way, go to Moto Hop because they're going to rent you a motorcycle at, like, 
Seriously, friends' prices. And you can see one of the most beautiful parts of the world. Mimi and Moto are over, they're right there. If we talk about getting kids into motorcycles, they're, they're doing exactly what they should be doing, is mixing education and indoctrination into the motorcycle <laughs> culture. Kids on bikes. Bike. But yeah, it's that thing, that's kind of the vibe here. And so, I mean, maybe some of you received some food or drinks from our campsite. If, if you didn't, Come on over. Yeah, come on over. You know, we're the very back fence of the campsite. Please come by, say goodbye. You know, say hi. We always have plenty of refreshments for people. If you need uh, anything, let us know. We have vast resources. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. He has and, a and giant skills. industrial sprayer full of <laughs> bourbon. And again, so much. Bourbon. If there was just one event we could have per year where we can reunite with our friends, because this is it. This draw in the middle of Ohio for some strange reason. Uh, brings all of us together, and people from other countries show up. Um, it is a great thing. So I hope you don't. I hope it doesn't slide past you lightly. What a great opportunity we have here. Hey Phil, we're getting short on time. I'm wondering if maybe we should uh, see if they've got any questions for anyone here. Oh my God! Is it's there called any questions ask, out here? ask a podcaster. Come on. Like like podcasting is a real thing. Like we're in my mom's basement all the time with the microphone. Anybody got a question you want to ask of any of these? This no. is your opportunity. No, no, <laughs> Phil, <laughs> Phil. Bill, you're not in your mom's basement. You're in my Tom's basement. basement. <laughs> the Rats Keller. No question is too embarrassing for Phil, just so you know. I'll give it a shot. Anyone got any questions? All right. How can I start my own podcast? Don't do it. It's not a good idea. Uh, but the whole idea is reaching out to folks. If somebody does ever have a thing that they like, why doesn't somebody do a deep dive on this or do a deep dive on this? These guys talked for two hours last night about putting an electric motor in the front wheel of a Goldwing. How many people oh, agree way with back, me? Way back, way back, way back. This is for the bourbon fairy himself. Oh. Have, you thought, have you thought about making a bourbon concoction that is for the kids? I a mean, non-alcoholic yeah. bourbon. Or just lower the drinking age. I will tell you this. I, I, I did make virgin painkillers, and I don't know if you guys are, any of you are familiar with the drink, the painkiller. Made famous for me by our local tiki bar, the Porco Tiki Porco Lounge. Tiki room. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I'm willing to be open about that, but usually when the bourbon fairy comes out, he's a, a, a r- r- rhyme wrapped in an enigma, and it's right, late yeah. night, and most yeah. of the kiddies really aren't out there. I could, I could consider that. We have stickers. I mean, really recommend a really beans. good, strong ginger beer and NA like that. That'll give you the same vibe. I or mean, maybe, just some... maybe like Kool-Aid with some vodka. <laughs> Wait, you said NA. Oh, oh, I've heard, oh, sorry. Yeah, okay. I'm going to recommend six-year-old gasoline served out of a Honda. Let's go with the CB200 from 1971. Okay, so, well, then something with a lot of caffeine that'll yeah. just get them amped up, like, you know, four loco without the alcohol or something. <laughs> I'm not saying bourbon made me the man I am today, but it made me forget the man I was. That's enough. Do we have any other questions? This is your opportunity. I got this one. I got this one, Phil. All right, come Listen in. to those knees pop and crack. What's the best mini bike to put a really big engine in, like a 500 or 750 triple two-stroke? Oh, yeah. Good question. You got to have a good frame. You got to have at least a tubular chassis. You can't, go, you can't be showing up with any pressed steel... You know, yeah, that's not going to work in a CT70, huh? No, fling poo especially. You're not going to get that kind of performance out of a fling poo. You need to have something with good tubular chassis. 
I'm going to say maybe it's something from Sears Roebuck catalog circa 1974-75. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a Montgomery Wards if you're lucky. But they got a big platform. You can get one of those like van. Oh, no. You need a Cushman. Ooh. You need a Cushman Eagle. There's some nerds trying to correct you on. You said C 71 CB200. They're pointing out that that doesn't exist. Yeah, 71 CB200 is blue and white. It was a one-year bike. Oh. What's that? No, it's 271, I think. I think. Oh. Ooh. Oh, there's a blue and white one. I, I got the year wrong then. Oh. Yeah, blue and white was only a one-year bike. What year was that one? 71. What's what I said? 71 CB200. Well, it's, a, it's a 175, not a 200. Uh, I thought it was Get a 200. Because CB200. Well, you're embarrassing yourself. You send all your hate mail to motorcycles and misfits <laughs> at gmail.com. And on that note. Uh, yeah. All right. No, I love, your, I love that question, and I am dying to see a 100-horsepower H2 motor in a Cushman Eagle because it has all the Harley style, but it has enough frame that it wouldn't just get turned into peanut butter. I like that. That's so cool. Does everybody agree with me that Hondas are the best bikes? I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. Honda, 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 Honda. Way to pander. Yamaha, Yamaha. Greaves, Greaves, Greaves. I got one guy out here who loves Greaves. One guy. Yeah. Johnny, yeah. I'll agree with you if yeah. we're talking about affordable and long-lasting. But if you want what gives you the feelies, uh, the feelies, KTM. Yeah. If you absolutely, positively need to have a blown crank, you need a KTM. <laughs> if that's what it KTM takes. KTM stands for carry tons of money. <laughs> that's okay. I'm a BMW guy. But when you're running well. You're man. talking about needing a blown crank, and I. Uh... <laughs> that's it. Anyone else got anything else? Liza. Does it Come on, we got no questions over here. Look at all this knowledge here. Nobody runs to look at all this. <laughs> they stopped looking hours ago. It's a podcast. It's audio. Okay, I, I, I got a question. There's a reason we're audio only. <laughs> Pete, are you going to win the burnout contest tonight? Oh, hell yes. There's super secret shit planned. No one else stands a chance. Can, can I just, I've been teasing this out a bit. Okay. Uh, I would say if you want to come to the burnout pit tonight, you should expect to see a tube sock, duct tape, hair loss, and, and singeing. I'll just say, singeing is going to be a key element. And a little bit of BSDM, element. I think, is going on. It's like <laughs> yeah. a Chili Peppers album cover. I, and a butt crack that I've been looking at for about 45 minutes. No kidding, man. <laughs> no, no, I do it. I, I will put this out are you, are you my plumber? On, it's like a on. midget with a hatchet. Am I going to get my pipes fixed? So, so I will put this out there. So last night's no, please performance. No, you already have. Last night's performance, I did not have my own motorcycle for a burnout. Oh, yeah, we still need and, one, by the way. And I, uh, I kind of magically just convinced this guy to give me his essentially brand new Grom. What an and, idiot. Well, the, the length of my burnout was going to be limited in time by a firework. <laughs> so I was like, dude, it's, it's no big deal. We're just going to give him a taste. You don't blow your wand on Friday night. We're just going to give him a taste. And I thought, you know, this, this firework about this big, I was like, this is good for like a minute, minute and a half. 
How long was it? It's like like ten five, minutes long. eight well, minutes. Well, for God's sake, it your was... helmet lit on fire. The firework yeah. went out like minutes ago. Your it melted quite a bit of the helmet. Never take a firework from John McElfresh. I no, saw this always man. Always take, take a firework, firework from I John saw this man. I mean, it does have plastic today. cap on the side of it. I got kicked out of an international motorcycle event because at six something a.m. I decided to light and distribute one firework he'd given me. I didn't know. It came from Bolivia, and, uh, and it was rather small and intimidating looking. And I tossed it, I tossed it, and then the whole county woke up, and they were angry. So, so Phil, let me ask these folks here. I only give Phil the stuff I'm afraid to light. <laughs> so I am looking for another bike tonight, if anyone does not value their engine or tires. Or going to break in your new Grom. And oh, yeah. There will be singeing happening. So I have a free service doing drift bike conversions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, they mull over that. Yeah, I right have right. a question. All right. How many people on the stage and in this audience are here because they heard about this event from Cleveland Moto or, or us? Okay, that's right. it. I want royalties. How many people are here first time? No, oh my yes. God! You guys are all yeah. first time. Yeah. Holy cow! Okay, now we're gonna go to our campsite. Get to work. Now we're gonna go furthest distance away. Right. Oh yeah. I'm just curious. The furthest distance oh. traveled. Thirteen hundred miles. All right. Eighteen hundred miles. What day did you leave? Phoenix, Arizona. What you had to leave because it's on fire. <laughs> wow. 117 Whoa. degrees. And we're walking around. We're like hot. And you're like, whoa, I need a sweater. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little chilly. Anyone else beat 1,800 miles? Uh, oh, bagel, of course. Bagel, of course. Us, yeah. He's from <laughs> Oregon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, bagel. Yeah, bagel literally. Drove, drove over 2,500 miles. 2,500 miles to come to AMA Vintage Days. I hope you all feel rightfully blessed. This is something magnificent. For how many people here is this your last event here at Vintage Days? No. Nobody. That's Made right. that up. I always we don't believe them. you, Phil. Can't happen. So now I want to ask, does anybody here want to share one of their favorite moments of the weekend, of the event? Anyone want to come up and share favorite moment? Who crashed? I'll say yeah, especially I someone that has Come on up here. Come on up. I mean, because that's something I love. There are all these special moments. This is truly unique. Yep. Yeah. Way to put me on the spot. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm Alex from Columbus. Hey, hey Alex. I built hey. a K100 cafe racer, and a bunch of old dudes were ogling it. Nice. <laughs> Hooray. Well done. Well done. <laughs> I, love, I love how I built a K100 cafe racer, and a bunch of old dudes were ogling it. I'd like to point out old dudes were ogling a, a mini bike with a shopping cart on it also. Park, Guilty as charged. Parker's here too. So we're right. Parker Zamorelli's yeah, here. We're talking about K100s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. K100 Cafe Racer. Yep. K100 Cafe Racer. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone else have a special, unique moment to this event they want to share? What? Phil ate some of your I ice cream. I did a key cream. bump of his ice cream. <laughs> Wendy, come here. I want to hear your, your story. Because you were here once before, a few years ago, as a speaker. And one of the things I, I've learned, when people are come in to be a vendor, like Mark or Wendy this year, or a right. speaker, they're often given an off-site motel, right. yes. and they leave when they're done 
not knowing what they're missing. Wendy, you got to experience the full breadth of this event this year. How's it been? It's been phenomenal. And I think uh, we were talking earlier and I said, I, I have a wonderful husband, I have a wonderful daughter, but no lie, the happiest moment of my entire life was dumping beer down this man's throat in the smoky burnout contest. Just, somebody posted a video of it on Instagram, and you just, like, I'm just smiling from ear to ear. I'm like, this is the moment. This is what I was born for. It's yeah. the happiest place on earth. Fantastic. <laughs> yep. I'm glad I could make that happen for you. <laughs> hey, make sure you go visit uh, Wendy at Vintage Rides. VintageRides.com. She's yep. down here. So they're pitching really cool Royal Enfield trips to yep. a lot of countries, some of which... Jim had to look on the map to find out where that country is. I think that country still may be in Narnia. I, I seriously do. That'll be a geography lesson. Check it out. Rides I had never heard of before. Every level, whatever you want. You want to sleep in the rocks, that's cool. If you want, like, five-star service, they got that, too. Well, I think, I think we're, we're, we're wrapping up, Phil. What do you think? What, what, sh what should we end this with? I think we should always remember, folks, to uh, John. We should ride fast and take chances. Thank you, thank you, everyone, for coming. Let's rip Let's rip baby. Get us out of here. Yeah, thank you, Phil. Thank you. Pardon? And we're done now? Cool. No, 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 we're not done yet. I still want to thank. I, I. This is my thing. I want to make sure I thank everyone. Bourbon Every time I've seen somebody with one of our shirts, it means the world to me. I love that. Uh, this this community, this extended community, who wants to come up and have some bourbon from the Bourbon Ferry now? Who wants to drink Remember, from the fire hose? Seven and up yep, is welcome. First. Come on up. All right, and thank you to the AMA thank for you, letting AMA. us do this. Thanks, everyone. Cool, cool.